0: and Psychology by Dr. Saeed Malekafzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana organization. Tabana is a nonprofit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families To strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. This is Saide Malik Afsali speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Alexandrade. And today we want to talk about how do we reconnect after the COVID, after two years of a lot of ups and downs, a lot of news, a lot of worries. And now that we want to go back to our normal life and routine, perhaps, how do we reconnect socially? How do we reconnect with people that we haven't seen for a long time? And uh, what kind of questions in and what is the context of questions we begin conversing with people. So with that, I want to pass it on to Dr. Rockers.
1: Um, I, I will start with the question is, do we really need to reconnect? I mean, to, what do you think?
2: I, I thought you were going to ask, do we need to start with Dr. Rockers? That's what I thought your question was originally going to be. I <laughs> tricked you. I tricked I, you. I often ask that question uh, when it's <laughs> being thrown. Why do
1: we need to start with Dr.
2: Rockers? Why, why are we starting with Dr. Rockers?
0: I have a question, Dr. Rockers. Why did you start laughing when I started my uh, announcement?
1: I knew where it was going. I knew where you were headed with that, that you were going to uh, hand do a handoff over to me. That's why. Because it's uh, it's the sort of thing that I have become accustomed to seeing how it goes and, and i know from our uh, pre program talk i was like oh man because beforehand i was thinking oh if i bring this up i know she's just gonna throw it at me
2: because of your ability to lead and direct the conversation so well daniel nice spin
1: on that alex i respect it i do respect you no know,
0: i think because the whole idea of this conversation was yours so that's why i wanted you to Uh, just to start talking about this and then what you have in mind how did you uh, put this idea into alex and i and my mind (laughs) for today's show so i want to know what was going on in your mind that you started with this
1: there's no escaping on the air is there no matter how much i protest it still Mm -hmm. comes right back you guys are skilled
0: especially sitting with me and alex you know you can't get away
1: i know i think that uh I just need to let it go. And- you got to embrace it. You got to embrace it, Daniel. Embrace it. You know, when we find uh, nice, find difficulties in our path, the best thing is to embrace it. If we ignore it, stuff doesn't go away. Right away. Okay. Right away. The, wave, the, the questions. The, I, I don't know. I've been uh, accused or identified as somebody who likes asking questions for all of my life. And oh, I, so it's
0: not just me and Alex. It's, it's not evident.
1: just you and Alex, um, other people. I've had really one of my friends, I can't remember which one it is, uh, said, I've never known some somebody who asked so many questions.
3: <laughs> Interesting, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's because I'm curious. I think I'm mm-hmm. curious and I want to understand things. And I like thinking about things in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's what my questions are for. I guess maybe they're for something else. But yeah. I was...
0: People are offended by questions sometimes.
1: If they're fired in the wrong way, yes. Mm And, you know, if they're fired off and it feels like an interrogation, people are offended by it or they're wounded by it. Like I see a lot of patients through the worker comp system. And part of bringing a worker comp case to closure when they've had their treatment is they go through a deposition where they will ask, they are asked a lot of questions. And it's pretty common for the patient to come back to me and say, they went through this thing and it was, they felt targeted and it didn't feel good. So yes, context really matters with questions. And I think that's what you're asking about, right? right. Is the context, mm-hmm. just the setting. The setting is important and one's intention is important.
2: I think a lot of times that's why people kind of dread some social situations because they feel that they'll be asked questions and either put on the spot or maybe embarrassed because of their response. And so I think questions sometimes are what actually deter a person from engaging socially and, you know, feeling like they need to have the right answer or say the right thing.
1: You know, I do work with a number of people who are on like I said on worker comp system and what happens and this is a good parallel to what we're talking about today they are out of work for a while and oftentimes kind of out of commission socially so they're not getting out and doing things not connecting with people so much and then as they start to get better they're of course getting out into the world and they may be invited to social gatherings or go to social gatherings and they have an anxiety about it and More than just a few times have I heard somebody say, well, I don't have anything interesting to talk about or I don't have anything interesting to say because they have really been just recovering. So they feel like there isn't that. And you, well, you too will not be surprised that my recommendation to them is you can always ask questions. Because when we're doing things socially, it, it is a lot less about me talking about all the stuff I've done and how great I am, and more about me being interested in the other people. So even if nothing much is going on in your life, one can still be quite curious and ask questions of other people. You could be out of commission for a couple of years, still go to a party, ask questions of other people and be interested in them and really get things going in that way.
2: And I could see, Daniel, why people might have that apprehension if they've been especially out of work. It's one of those annoying, I think I've said this before on the show, it's one of those annoying questions I feel like people get. Either the first or second question, what do you do for work or what do you do for a living? And if you haven't been working, then that can bring up all kinds of thoughts and feelings and maybe insecurities that a person might have.
1: Absolutely true. Okay. And I have a good suggestion for response for that. Do you have any ideas on what is a good response for such a question? When you get hit with that, let's say you're out of commission and people say, well, yeah, what do you do? And if they don't have work, do you have an idea? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Did you have any thoughts on that?
2: I I just have to comment that Site A walked away as soon as you asked that question. And so uh, I will try to field that question on my own. I I always like to encourage talking about other things. It's like, well, you know, work is a part of my life. It's important. But uh, there's also a lot of other things that are important to me. You know, I really care about my family or I have got into this new hobby, things like that, where it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be about those things. Some people might push uh, and want to continue to explore it. But I, I like the idea you said to kind of not maliciously, but turning it around on them too and say, you know, I'm exploring new hobbies. You know, I always like to hear that. You know, what, what hobbies do you have? And, and starting to ask questions of others. Is there uh, something else you'd recommend or what do you tend to encourage?
1: Well, this is more of a perspective take on the things. And it's what we referenced a little bit ago. And that is if there are problems in your path, you embrace them. So if you haven't been working and somebody asks you, well, what do you do? You Might as well embrace it. You no, know, I have been out of work and here's why. Or yeah, it's actually kind of fun. Or if it's not kind of fun, yeah, I've been out of work and I'm really trying to figure out how to get, I'm going to get back into work. I like doing this or I like doing that. What ideas do you have? Pass it on. Generally what my recommendation to patients when they're getting back into socializing the way that to do it if somebody asks you a question you give some response because they have an interest but then what you do is then you return the control back to them by asking them a question so you can talk a little bit about yourself you don't have to open yourself up wide, up, wide open and bleed out all over the place you can just say some things but then send it back to them and do so in in a graceful way I like
2: that. Yeah, I like that. Cause I think that's what people get stuck on. They think they have to keep talking about themselves or keep explaining. And it's like, no, you can stop and then turn it around to the other person and give them a chance. Because people tend to like to talk about themselves, what they're doing. And so if you can turn that around and build on that, kind of takes the spotlight off of you. I'm I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, it's I think it's not just good to do that, it's best to do that. Cause nobody, if you run into somebody at a party and they start talking and they don't stop talking. <laughs> you start thinking, how do I get away? Mm. That's so the true. key is to, uh, yeah, give some answer, give give them something meaningful that is also thoughtful and then pass it back on to them.
0: Normally, uh, it's common that people are easy to connect. And I mean, generally speaking, I think, I haven't run into anyone who had a hard time in a gathering to ask questions or unless they just get away and they go um you know they sit back on a table um, with maybe just one or two people and they stay there but normally when people are out and around and they're walking it seems like they're looking for connection. They're looking for meeting with you or other people. So I think it's more common that people want to connect.
1: I think I think people have a need to connect for sure. Some people are frightened by connection. I'd like to move this a little bit into a cultural realm and hear what cultural differences like from Persian culture... Or from Mexican-American culture, how gatherings go, which may or may not be different than whatever is a standard gathering here in the U.S. What differences have you guys noticed in terms of that? And let me give you some background here. That I think social functions often are quite different if we notice certain things. Like a couple of weeks ago, Jan and I went to a wedding that was not fully Indian wedding. It was more of a Christian-based wedding. It was a mixed marriage. But then the uh, dance afterwards was very heavily Indian influence, like East Indian from India. And they had the dance. And my own personal take is, I don't really like dancing. I don't want to do it. And Jan likes to do it a lot so we go and i'm thinking all right i'm gonna have to go this dance and i don't really want to do this and how can i just make it the minimal amount possible and then get out of there but what happened instead was this was very interesting that the dances that the people from india did and how they orchestrated it and it was just very energetic and you can think about bollywood movie type things and it was a lot of fun It was really cool, and I was able to get out and dance and have a great time. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I remember thinking at the time, wow, I wish the other dances that I'd gone to were more like this, so I thought it was really cool. That, to me, was an example of just a a difference in cultural, a cultural difference, and uh, some culture things fit with people, and some culture things don't fit with people. Most of the dances I go to, I don't really like, so... The question back to you guys is what cultural differences in terms of social interactions and Saideh, you were talking about people who people like to connect or want to connect. Okay. Do you think that party social interactions are different?
0: I was just thinking as you were asking these questions and um, sharing your experience with uh, the Eastern Indian um, wedding, you know, when you are in a gathering that is safe, people, ask questions people go around and talk to each other people ask how are you connected to the host or hostess or if it's wedding you know it's 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 a safe gathering but if let's say you're in a gallery you are in a um, different setting that you don't know people it's not that easy to start a conversation because it may just doesn't feel right Um, but um here, what I see is it's very easy. You're in a gallery and somebody would walk to you and say, oh, it seems like you're very interested in this painting. Or or are you a painter? Are you a... Uh, I mean, I've seen people here in United States. It's very easy for them to connect and come and ask questions to start a conversation. But what I see in our culture But, and it's just out of my experience. It's not out of research or or anything. I, I, I'm just thinking about my experiences with our culture. Yes. It's very easy when it's a, a closed community gathering that you feel like, okay, somehow you're already connected either with the host of horses. So these people that are here, they're just safe and they're they're part of this whole gathering but out of that you don't just walk to people and just say oh it seems like you know today is a good day but you see that and you hear that here a lot you know you are doing a grocery shopping i'm serious and then you're maybe picking up something and then somebody might pass by and say oh what do you make with this you know i want to know this is interesting so it's very easy in this culture i think and that's my experience i can how about you alex
1: can we go back to the part where you said you don't just go to somebody and say oh it seems like today is a good day <laughs> did <Dude>, what <laughs> i don't, i've never used that but tell me about how, i like it you, you are you are
0: seriously. it's like a, i mean i've run into people that they've said that it seems like oh it's sunny it's a good day and you're just passing by someone and you go oh yeah it's very good but you don't you don't hear that in Persian culture that's what i'm saying maybe it's my experience i'm just saying it might be very personal
1: you mean that that comment would not fly as well in the Persian culture. It wouldn't serve as an introduction.
0: feel like, okay, what does this person want? You know, is is, is this something that, you know, you just sort of feel like it's not norm, but here it is norm to me because I, I experienced this from the very beginning when I was, here in the in different societies people ask questions people want to know maybe it's because in this culture I was a foreigner it's it could be that that people are more interested um it's a lot of different things I don't know you know but basically I've noticed that um I the first thing I noticed in this culture was how easy people get um, involved in asking questions, getting to know you, talking to you. They're interested in you. And uh, that was very, very interesting to me. But let's say if I'm back in Tehran, which is a very large city, and if I'm in a metro and I am um, in a subway and I'm um you know, riding the metro and nobody really ask you a question, but here somebody might just say, Oh, it's interesting. What are you reading or, or sounds like you're too involved in your reading. I've seen that here more than in our culture.
2: I'll uh, I'll give my uh, experience after the break uh, a little maybe different than that
0: yeah okay <laughs> it's interesting um, so but if we we're gonna give a break and come back to continue our conversation. Shavandegan Azize Radio Bamdad, I'm Seyed Malek Parsali. I'm also a friend of two friends and I'm also working in a company that is a company that specializes in helping with issues of psychology مسائل روانشناسی هستش با دکتر راکرز و دکتر انراده ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یک بعد از ظهر موضوعات مختلف روانشناسی رو دنبال می‌کنیم امروز صحبتمون راجابه اینه که ما بعد از کووید و دو سال شاید تو جامعه نبودن شاید با همکارا و دوستان نبودن و بیشتر در تنهایی یا در خلوت خودمون یا اجتماعات کوچک بودیم. حالا که برگشتیم به نرمال و وضع طبیعی چجوری ما میتونیم دوباره این رابطه رو برقرار کنیم و از هم سوال کنیم ما بیشتر صحبت میکردیم که چطور، بتونیم تکتفولی بتونیم با سیاستمون هم دوست داریم با آدم های مختلف آشنا بشیم شروع صحبت بکنیم و هر به این داشتیم صحبت میکردیم برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Dr. Rockers, I'm Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation. And I think Dr. Andrade wanted to um, start.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention in regards to like culturally, uh, the social gatherings, I was thinking specifically in relation to questions. uh, One of the things I find is it's almost like disrespectful or rude sometimes to ask too many questions or to ask questions, uh, particularly like of elders, you wouldn't want to get like almost like too intrusive. Uh, And if you ask certain questions that can feel like you're, you're kind of overstepping a boundary in a way Uh, you could ask maybe generic kind of things, how are you doing? Oh, how's this, you know, how's this thing going that you know about, but to, to dive into too much more can be seen as like, you know, why why are you, why are you kind of, you know, stepping out of your role and almost as a a peer or an equivalent to somebody who is, who's older in that way. Where with maybe same aged individuals, you can talk about, yeah, you know, work's been really stressful and upsetting or, you know, this is what's going on in my relationship or, yeah, how's, you know, how's things with that, you know, person you're dating going, you know, where if you were to ask, oh, how's your marriage going of, you know, your aunt or uncle or something like that, that might be like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? So, uh, yeah, that's, I think, culturally one thing. There's, there's a bit of a hierarchy in that way that's unspoken, but pretty kind of known in that way.
1: Also, the context or the direction or intention of the questions is so important. I think a curiosity and wanting to understand is good. You want to make sure the questions don't feel like interrogation. Yeah.
2: And I find for myself, too, like family, they know what I do. So it's like if I start to talk to them. They're gonna open up to me way more than I probably want them to. So I tend to err on less questions because then they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get some free therapy from you." I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not what this is. Just seeing how you're doing, how things are going. Not trying to to you know open you up and make you feel like you, know, you could share everything with me.
1: Okay, here's an experience I've had. Let's see if you guys have had this though, and it's sort of the opposite. It is when I ask a question, I've had kind of um, sometimes a like a dry or icy response that says, blah, 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 doctor. <laughs> like they're wanting, they think I'm turning into psychologist. And I'm really just asking the same questions I would ask anybody at any time. But it's a, it's a real um, ice maker instead of ice breaker. It shuts off conversation real fast when I get the response of, doctor. You guys ever have that?
0: I, I did. Um, especially, um, I try not to talk as much as possible about psychology. Um, and when I was teaching, I usually don't talk about my career, even when I was a teacher, when I was an admin, um, I never brought work to, um, community conversation to uh, social in, interaction. But people who knew me, especially close people, uh, they would sometimes when I say something, go, oh, your teacher role came up. When you said something, it says, yeah, you're teaching me. You know what I mean? It was like, no, I'm not teaching. You. I'm just sharing this. And and it was more coming like yes you're telling me like I'm a student you're you know what I mean it was and it would just shut me down and and it was just in a way hurtful because I was just trying to share and um, so that's why I probably was always getting away from this and I was just swallowing what I wanted to say or maybe think about it how to should I say. Because uh, sometimes people, they can be um, a little bit overboard with their response, uh, even though you have good intention and you want to just say something that might be helpful. Um, I, I have seen that.
1: Alex, how about you? Have you had a similar experience or not so much?
2: Yeah, I think to some degree, but I usually come back with a very sarcastic uh, response, and so uh, it usually uh, stops that uh, pretty quickly. Uh, it's meant to be playful, but then also being like, "Come on, I'm not, I'm not doing that." Making it kind of very clear uh, that this is this is not what this is. I do find though sometimes when I'm meeting somebody new, I'll start to almost go into like a, a mini intake. Well, I'll be like, oh, what about your family? And then I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, let me remember. I can't. I'm not doing an intake. I don't have to ask all these questions about a person's background in the first meeting. This is not the first session. I'm not trying to gather as much information as I can. Uh, It's just, you know, so I, I do find myself having to pace myself a little
1: bit. So we can then for the next phase, go into why is it so irritating when somebody does that, when they accuse one of being a psychologist or a teacher, when you're asking questions. And I believe, and I'd like to hear from you guys, but I believe it is because it is an indirect process comment. So it's somebody who's commenting essentially on our process of communication. Process being not the content of what's being said, but the way that it comes out. The process is am I talking too fast? Or am I talking only about certain subjects? It's irritating for people to get processed comments if they're not in the therapy situation, right? If I say to you, oh, you know what? I notice every time you talk about um, your mother, you start stuttering. That's probably going to irritate somebody if they it's a thing they want to keep inside. A lot can be revealed by one's communication process. But if you start commenting on it, you can end up irritating people real fast so i think that those comments of doctor or teacher are what i would call an indirect not directly commenting on the process but it's suggesting by the use of that word that hey you're acting like you are a psychologist or you're acting like you are a teacher
3: yeah
0: and and that's why uh a lot of times when people are sharing something You just want to jump in and make a comment to say, hey, maybe you're doing this too much or maybe you are the, and then I stop because I have that experience in the past that if you even out of kindness, out of helpfulness, you want to say something, maybe you can awaken the person who's complaining to say hey part of this is you I always always swallow what I want to say because I have had that experience and I don't want to be considered as someone oh psychologist now you're saying this because you think you know too much about this or and I just to stop but it's so interesting because without even wanting when people are just normally, not because you're a psychologist are sharing, they're sharing something about their spouse, their parents, their children, their work. You want to jump in and say, that's that's you who is causing this for yourself. But you just don't. I mean, I I don't because I feel like if I do, first of all, it's going to cause issues uh, in your relationship. And that's fine in our Profession, you don't um work with family member. You don't work with close friends.
1: Well, it's kind of yeah, it can be very rude to tell somebody that their problem is them. It's like there's that that little section in the movie, Ferris Bueller's day off, where his sister is, I forget where she's in, some waiting room. And I think it's Charlie Sheen comes up and he's talking with her, and he's all bloodshot eyes and really like hair far out. And she says something and he says, you know what? Your problem is you. Mm-hmm. Those are, she's causing the problem. So yeah, I think that can be pretty annoying and bothersome for people. <laughs> yeah. If you tell them their problem is them, it's a bold start.
2: I think the one of the, the shortcomings of that too, is that if there's that assumption, you know, for us or, or for anybody in a, any kind of helping field uh, or any kind of uh, public-facing kind of position, uh, there's that assumption limits our ability to connect on a deeper level. And I think sometimes that's what we're trying to do and asking specific questions. And some of the questions even that you have, uh, Daniel, today that you, you, you mentioned uh, that you'll be sharing with us, I think speaks to that sense of not only connecting a little bit deeper, but really trying to build an authentic connection as well. And so if people just assuming, oh, because of this is your work and they'll kind of categorize it as that, we could be missing out on a, a deeper connection friendship.
1: I think it also comes back to people not knowing enough about who you are and then their own fears get generated. So for example, if you ask a person a question, like a conversation starter question, which would be um, simple, like, what are your favorite names? There could be an initial fear if, you know, why would you ask that question? And if I give you a genuine answer, am I going to, are you going to put that down somehow? So you somehow would need to communicate ahead of time that you're a safe person to talk to.
0: It's interesting that this is uh, very, very, sensitive issue when you are um, connecting with people that you don't know them well, how you ask questions, how you um, try to really um, think of the context of the question, the way you say it. some people are very tactful when it comes to questions, but also people who are very smart um, they can they can get what the question is getting to, and people who are suspicious so immediately they get uh, you know worried that why you're asking this question. So think about it. It's all in the mind of the holder who is taking this question, how they take it. And some people they're very open and they don't mind. They just just say, he wants to know or she wants to know this. So what the heck I just share, you know? I mean, it's really the important part here is how the other person's mind goes with your question. And how do you know that before you open up with the question, you know? This is really- Or
1: how can you align them?
0: Yeah, that, and, and then you can just sometimes- it has happened to me that you ask a question and then the other person responded in a way that they didn't like it. And I immediately say, I just meant this. You you know what I mean? It's like, I meant like how this is, and then you just change the way you said it. So the other person feels comfortable. You're trying to just say, Hey, I, I didn't mean that. I just wanted to, you know, ask this to know what you, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying, it's so important how you tactfully ask the question. So no one bother, is bothered by your question.
2: Like, slow down, cowboy. That's not what I'm asking. All right. <laughs> just <laughs> wanted to know a little bit about you.
1: That's all we're doing here. I <laughs> have, question? I I have said that at times, like to say, Hey, just, trying to have a friendly conversation yeah and people get riled up there's a communication technique that is in the organizational psychology it's called action inquiry are you guys familiar with that i yeah. heard of that no say more it is a four step process and that if we think of if we just think of the most rudimentary parts of communication framing or outlining kind of lay of the land type of a thing is very important. And then asking a question from that can naturally follow. So give people some context, essentially, and then ask for their opinion. The action inquiry method is four steps, and there's two in between those things. So you you frame the situation, and then you advocate or you talk about how you feel and then illustrate which is if it's problem solving you suggest a possible solution and then the inquiry is say, so, well what do you think about it does this seem to work or do you have a different idea that might work better so anyway, it's the it's outlining the thing and it's giving some other info and then it's returning back to the other person. But it's a I think at its most rudimentary, what we're talking about it seems like that's an important part of we kind of give some context, in other words, to let them know where we are, and that we are a safe person to talk to, and then ask them a question. And of course, the the, the different combinations a way we can do that is just an infinite number of things. So that's action inquiry. I'm seeing we should probably go to break so I will uh hand it over to Saide.
0: Sure. Uh yeah, jan Rabigan aziz radio bomb ma man man surman Saide Malik Afzali, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Rademruz در خدمت هستیم روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه ما از رادیو بامداد داد ساعت 12:00 تا که بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبت می کنیم اگه صدایی ما رو می به زبان انگلیسی ما ترجیح میدیم که کسانی که دوست دارن برنامه ما رو گوش بدن اگر برشون راحت تر به زبان انگلیسی گوش بدن این ساعت رو برشون بذاریم روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه که بتونن برنامه ما رو به زبان انگلیسی گوش بدن ما تا کنون راجب مسائل مختلفی که در جامعه اتفاق میفته مخصوصا بعد از کووت که افرادی که در تنهایی شایدم کمتر معاشرت کردن یا حتی کار از خونه کردن به سر میبردن حالا که تو جامعه میان چجوری میتونن دوباره این ارتباطات رو برقرار بکنم بر بعضی راحته بر بعضی سخته ما داریم صحبت اینو رو میکنیم که چطوری میشه سوال کرد از هم دیگه که در این رابطه رو باز کرد و چه سآلهایی ممکنه که بر بعضی جوابش سخت بشه و بهشون بر بخوره چجوری سآلها رو با نفعی بکنیم که طرف مقابلمون راحت بتونه به ما جواب بده و این ارتباط برقرار بشه ما یک بریک کوتاه می گیریم برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتتم رو ادامه میدیم. زمینم پادکست های زیادی به زبان انگلیسی در رادیو بامداد هست که شاید بیش از بین سال۶ سال هستش که میتونید در زمان های مناسب گوش بدین. میتونین به سایت رادیو بامداد بریم و کلیک کنین روی پادکست ها برنامه ما تحت عنوان کالچن ساکژ هستش. و همینطور روزهای چهارشنبه من به زبان فارسی تحت عنوان گفتگوهای روانشناسی صحبت می کنم که اون رو هم میتونین پادکست هاش رو در زمان های مناسب گوش بدین. برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم. Back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation regarding reconnecting after a long pause uh, with COVID and working from home. And also, we talked about how uh, difficult it could be for some people to reconnect and how easy it is for some how easy it is for some people to answer the questions and how hard it is for some people to answer the questions. And then we talked um, around this um, topic since uh, the first two parts. So now we're back and we talked about uh, the last part. Dr. Rockers was talking about the Uh, action, um, communication, and uh, there was a a term in organizational psychology, which makes really sense, I think, because when you talk about yourself and how in the context you feel about what you're talking about, you open the conversation in a safe way because the other person, first of all, knows where you come from. And then you can share tactfully how you feel rather than immediately opposed to that. Or if you agree with that, it's very easy because right there you're already connected. And I think this is very, very interesting because I was just thinking even in casual conversation, if you're at a party, you may just come and tell someone, oh, this is a really nice gathering. And the other person might feel the same or might feel the opposite. So you have shared how you feel about the question you're asking, and, and then you just say, oh, "Isn't it?" You know, and the other person can just uh, you know say, "Oh yeah, it's it's a great gathering." Or if the other person doesn't agree, now it's safe how she or he wants to respond. So I think it's a very good way to start a conversation, to talk about the context you want to ask a question, share what you think, and then ask question.
1: Right. Sharing what you think can be an important part of laying the context. I think this is a great party. I really love how they've done all the table decorations and arrangements for the food. I've never seen anybody do it quite like that. No, you know, what do you think? Are you enjoying the party or something like that? And passes them.
0: Yeah. And then you make it safe for the other person to respond.
1: Right. It gives you a sense of, gives them a sense of who you are.
3: Yeah. Let's
1: look at some of these questions that we talked about. Alex, did you have any of those particular questions which uh, stood out for you that you thought were better than the others? Well, I know the
2: question number one was one that kind of got us all uh, as far as that being such a potential conversation starter. But I could see even this being like, you know, an hours long conversation with somebody. And that was the question, what is your idea of perfect happiness? That question, I think, really could elicit a response from probably most people uh, in, in a very Excited and maybe you know pleasant way. It's like you want to know what happiness means to them. Who who doesn't want to talk about what our happiness means to us? It might be a tough question, or it might elicit a lot of uh, you know personal emotions and thoughts. Uh, but one that I think most people would would be like, whoa, like that's that's a big question. That's one that you know we can we can chat about. Uh, so I think that was the big one for me uh, that
1: stood out. Uh, How would you answer such questions? Such a question. Say, what? what did you say?
0: I was just going to say psychologically, when the question is positive, I think it just creates a positive tone. So when Alex was saying, you know, what is your idea of perfect happiness? I was looking at the questions and I thought, I like that question. It's mm-hmm. easier to respond. But then when you say, what is your greatest fear, for example, all of a sudden that negativity comes to your mind. You don't want to go there. And I believe the questions that have the positive tone, it's taken well um, for the most people.
1: If somebody came to you at a party and said, what is your idea of perfect hatred? <laughs> you you would begin to think something about them before you ever answered.
2: Like, I I'm guess. glad you asked me that. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. that right now. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: would be a scary question.
0: <laughs> what? They may just say, I just hate what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All
1: so right, I hate so that question. About
0: this I think definitely it's amazing words can have so much weight on them. You know, when you talk about perfect happiness as opposed to greatest fear, you know, how did the, they the weight. Um, it's very different. You know, if you ask me what is the perfect happiness, I would like to talk about it. But when you say what is your greatest fear, it seems like more personal. You don't want to share or, or it just takes you to negativity.
1: But I think if you follow what is your idea of perfect happiness and have a discussion and then transition into, okay, well, what would be your greatest fear? that's kind of placing it in contrast and now you have a context laid and then that can work. I believe what's your take.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're right. Because psychologically it's taken differently because you have talked about that and then slowly you're moving to the opposite and you talk about this. So talking about this just brings this idea to me that how careful We as human beings need to be in communication and in connecting with people when we ask questions, because we don't know how these questions are are being taken, you know, and what kind of people we are facing with, even with people, you know, and you think, you know, well, you have to be careful, you know, uh, not alone, the ones that you don't even have any idea how they're going to take these questions.
1: It's true. What if they are a serial
2: killer? I do like one of the other questions that I really like is, uh, which would probably be perfect for a party. On what occasions do you lie? And I'd say at parties when people ask me questions about myself.
1: <laughs> when, yeah, well, you're right. When people are asking me questions at a
2: party.
3: <laughs>
2: I think uh, as you guys have been mentioning, I think context really does matter. I think when people go to a party, think about it, or they're socializing, they're thinking of being open, kind of getting to connect a little bit. So they may be more apt to uh, respond to some of these questions. Otherwise, like if you were at, you know, the grocery store or maybe at a coffee shop or um, sometimes you're at a car wash waiting for your car, it's like somebody just comes up and starts without, again, some some preface to it or some chit chat, maybe uh, just launching into questions. Yeah, I think you're gonna get met with a little bit of apprehension, hesitation.
1: Well, that question, Alex, that you just referenced, on what occasions do you lie? You know, if you look at there is an inference or an assumption behind that, which is that you are a liar. Right. If you say on what occasions do you lie? That's essentially saying, you know what? You lie. I know you lie. When do you when are you doing it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Versus occasions you might lie kind of opens it up a little bit it's a little softer Uh, that's why i like it too the because it's assuming you do lie we it's like saying we all lie and what occasions do you lie but yeah for some people that could be like what are you saying i'm a liar like do i look like a
1: liar do i sound like a liar (laughs) yeah there is so much
3: to explain
0: sorry uh, Dan did you want to say something or well I just
1: said there's so much information that's transmitted below the level of the question itself
0: absolutely and then uh, a lot of times you want to explain but then you try to get away because of the knowledge you have uh, from the psychology part that when it comes to emotions and when it comes to talking about that you want to tell people that all these emotions is part of being human being. So there's no issue with all these emotions, whether negative or positive, because we all have, it's important how we regulate ourselves regarding those emotions. But it's very difficult to explain that because then again, you're going to say, yes, doctors, thank you. You know what I mean? It's like. Yes we all are human beings we all have those emotions whether negative or positive but how do we you know regulate them but you can't explain this to people because some people say oh no i'm not I'm, i've never been jealous no i've never i don't get angry i mean you want to say it's okay to have these emotions but it's important how to regulate them And it's difficult because when you hear that, part of you wants to say it's impossible if a human being say I didn't have these emotions. It is part of us. But how do we deal with them is important. But going back to what you said, that sometimes you have to bite your tongue not to say that. um, But people think only positive emotions if they have it's great to talk about but negative emotions also they exist
1: it is very true alex did you have something to jump in with here
0: well i
2: just want to say the idea too of uh, inside i'm not trying to put you on the spot but i think this idea of biting our tongue as i get older i just i have a harder time doing it too i think there's a tactful way to do it and say what we want to say but i, I find that idea of if we're having to bite our tongue where we're, we're getting we could be erring on the side of caution and trying to be protective of ourselves because those things have continued to happen. But then also too, it's like, this is who I am. And it's like, I'm, I, and I believe me, it's got me in trouble. I, there are times where I'm like, I got to think of how I want to say this and I'm really mulling it over before I say something because of how that can be taken. And I think luckily in the work that we do, we, we've, we've you know, practice that skill quite a bit, uh, but uh, also just the idea that, you know, to, to withhold those things could be limiting ourselves, but even to that relationship and that connection. And sometimes it's even worth, I think, depending on the nature of the relationship, it can be worth saying those difficult things. I think if it's somebody who we just met or somebody who, you know, we just like, there's really not a lot of investment there, you know, we could kind of take it, you know, with a grain of salt that they have this view and they're already responding to us in that way. So I find that for people in general, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I'm just saying for people in general, if you're feeling like you're having to bite your tongue a lot, you know, you could be limiting yourself in ways that, you know, are you fully expressing yourself in, in a way that feels, you know, true and authentic. And I think especially for you, because you're so warm and you're so loving and, you know, you, you tend to come with such encouragement and positivity that you know I, i'm like who's who's making you hold your tongue a like i want to find this person and shake them and tell her you don't ever make side feel that way let's say let's speak because she's gonna have something great to say
0: no honestly it's just uh thank you alex for saying that because then we can share and talk about it it's just what uh dan shared that some people Uh, feel like you are just showing off your knowledge or your profession or you're teaching them and they don't like it. And you feel like, is it my place at this time to say something or just pass by it? Because they're not my patient. They're not my students. They're not really here to get help from me. They're just saying something that Part of you really, as a teacher, as a psychologist, really want to jump in and help. But the other part of you said, they're not my student. They're not my, uh, you know, colleague or friends that, or you no, know, maybe they're colleagues or friends. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just a different situation because of what we were talking earlier. I've done that sometimes in the past, but I've got it that oh, thank you, teacher, you're teaching me or thank you, you know, psychologist or thank you, doctor, you know, things like that. And as uh, Dan was sharing, it just makes you feel like I better get away from these kind of stuff. You just want to have your friendship in different way. You want to have your connection with relatives different way. You don't want to scratch it. And and that's my only, I, I agree with you in many ways. And honestly, if I know some people that they would take it well, I willingly spend time. Mm-hmm. And, and I love to actually share what I know. But unfortunately, most people don't like it. Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. yeah and I think for our listeners, that's I, I, I'm glad you share that. I think for our listeners, it's important to, to hear that and reflect on that for themselves. Because yeah, I find so many, so often people will silence themselves and just that encouragement. We don't always need to do that.
0: So all right thank you and we got to the end of our program we want to say our final saying at the end of our program so we start with dr rockers
1: alex i how can i in a if i don't hold back how can i in a meeting say something like oh this is such bs you guys don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> I, don't, I don't i can't think of a tactful way to say that if i'm thinking that I think it's best to withhold at that point. So I'm just going to, you can respond or not. I'm just going to say, I think sometimes withholding is a good plan.
2: Yeah, there there are times where that is a total valid uh, approach. Yeah, definitely depends on the situation. So I'm not saying it's bad all of the time, but whatever that BS could be, maybe there can be something fruitful in that. Uh, Who knows? Again, not trying to put a positive spin on it, but uh, yeah, it's trying to find when and when and how, I guess, is uh, my kind of thinking with that. So Daniel, your, your final message to uh, listeners. Sometimes okay to withhold.
0: Okay. Very good.
2: And I think I would build on what side I mentioned, you know, lean towards those positive questions when you're getting to meet people. Uh, just because those can be a little bit more warmer, a little bit more inviting. I think sometimes as people, our mind tends to lean towards the negative a little bit without even trying. Uh, So it's like trying to focus on what are those positive things that we could ask to really explore and get to know a person since that tends to lean people in a little bit more.
0: And I want to say, you know, we have common sense how um, other people might take our question so start to slow and start with just simple questions uh, start with positive uh, introduce yourself first uh, maybe just a start with something really nice that nobody's offended and then begin with that when you're communicating and i really want to reiterate what um, dr rocker said regarding the um questioning based on first sharing your idea and put it in a context that uh, you um, just try to make it easy for the other person to understand where you come from and then that way they can respond um, maybe more defensively so with that I want to say thank you to our listeners for listening to us and thanks my colleagues Dr. Alexandrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers Uh, we come back to talk about another topic.
3: سر نوشت را باید از سر نوشت. شاید این بار کمی بهتر او آشقی را غرق در باور نبشت. قصه ها را به سی از کجا اوی باور آماده گفت گر رفت سر بر نگر داد شاید سر مبشت شاید این با کمی بهتر مبشت عاشقی را در درباور مبشت قصه ها را به دیگر کجا ba این بابه را من موج تنها گرچه سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرفت دستم گذاشتم سفر هم شه حافظ پای کوبانو غزل خوان لشکر غم رو بسودا بر فلک صافی نمونده این زمانه هر بزن تادی کرانه سر نو اشتیاق دست یاد اینم بهتر نبرد او را در باور نبرد از کجایی دوبراما karavat sar